Welcome to the Unsweetened Sayo podcast. My name is Siobhan Harris. I am a certified integrative nutrition health coach and the founder of unsweetenedsayo.com. I gave up all sugar and all flour on January 13th, 2018, and am finally free of my addiction. My mission is to help other sugar addicts find their path to freedom and live the sweet life without sugar. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 34 of Unsweetened Sayo, the podcast. Today I have my husband with me, Chris, who is going to talk about his perspective of living with a sugar addict for, well, we've been together almost 14 years, um, and I've been in recovery almost two of those years, but, you know, when we met, I was definitely going through um, a time where I was realizing that perhaps I did have some kind of bigger issue, and it might have been then that I was kind of misdiagnosed as maybe having binge eating disorder, but I knew that something wasn't right with the way that I was eating, so how out of control I felt. So anyway, if you have anyone, you know, that you think this might be good for your partner or friend or family member to listen to, you know, please send it along. I think it's nice to hear the other perspective. When I do finally write my book, if I do, uh, Chris is going to write a chapter. So I think it's just really helpful uh, to hear that side of things. So hi, Chris. Thanks for interviewing with me today. Hi. I wanted to talk about, I was thinking about what I was going to ask you, and I was thinking about how when we first met, actually on our very first, first date I think we went to a Mexican restaurant for dinner and somehow we started talking about sweets or chocolate I don't know what it was in particular probably chocolate and we kind of had a not an argument but a discussion over who liked chocolate more you or me right do you Mm -hmm. remember that yes yeah we both thought it was the other one yeah (laughs) and I, I had never really dated someone that a guy that had like a sweet tooth before I think you were the first guy I encountered with a sweet tooth um but I was pretty adamant that nope I have the bigger sweet tooth and you were pretty saying the same thing so for me one big realization and I don't know at one point for the first time probably that we made cookies together I remember we made chocolate chip cookies and they were like fresh out of the oven and you had made a comment that I think I was eating one and I said aren't you gonna have one and you said no I'm not hungry right now I'll have one later and I remember thinking what like what does hunger have to do with it like these are fresh out of the oven who cares I'm not hungry but I want some and I probably ate like 15 of them Um, so I remember that being a really big kind of moment for me actually realizing again what is wrong with me that or what's different about me I thought maybe I was just like some you know like a just loved sweets more than anyone else but 
looking back now, I see how obvious it was that I was actually addicted because there you are, someone that really loves sweets, but at the same time is able to say, no, not right now, which I was never able to do. So anyway, let's talk about, I don't know, maybe how you first thought maybe that I did have an issue or not even an issue or just what your first kind of impressions were maybe when we first started dating and any kind of habits that you noticed around my eating. I mean, did you think anything was unusual or? No, but you hit it pretty well. I mean, the, there, there was nothing that, nothing about your behavior that really suggested that there was an issue or anything. I mean, I knew you loved sweets and I did too. And, uh, but uh, you know, I think there'd be times when you'd say, Oh, I, you know, ate a whole bag of whatever. And I'd be like, Oh, that's, that, that was, that's unusual. But, uh, there wasn't anything really that was, that stood out as, as something to me where I thought, Oh, there's a, there's something there. Yeah. Did you ever think maybe I had some kind of eating disorder on your own? I mean, I know I, no, but you were, I mean, from the moment, you know, we first started dating, you were pretty open about how you, you know, were, were working on yourself and in various ways. So, yeah, I was I don't think, I think I was always pretty open about that. Yeah, maybe that's a good way. I was just working. I didn't know what it was, but I knew something was kind of off. So yeah. I think right when we started dating, I, that's what I was saying. I think I'm, I was pretty much right in the heart of that. Like, I think I went to a hypnotist. Can you even like remember how many diets I've been on since you've known me? I mm-hmm. mean, yeah. Like, what's all the different things yeah. that you remember me right. trying? Yeah, the, the hypnotism, the acupuncture, the, the diets, the um, uh, tapping, um, the... Therapy. Yeah, therapy, the... Um, Any diets that stand out? Because, you know, again, since we dated for, what, two years? Or mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember how long before we started I thought Weight Watchers went pretty well. You were on that for a while. Yeah. I like that one. <laughs> yeah. You kind of remember kept coming back to that because I mm-hmm. would try a new diet and nothing would happen even though like before if I had done it I would you know um had been successful and then I tried again and suddenly it wasn't working and then Chris would mention you know why don't you go back on Weight Watchers so I think the first time I did that and I did that for a pretty that was probably when I was able to stick to for a longer amount mm-hmm. of time I was kind of successful but then I did kind of plateau after a while yeah I, I would say for a while there you didn't seem to do as well with those like you know, complete elimination of something, mm-hmm. uh, or going cold Turkey on, on some things. Like it seemed like the, with Weight Watchers, it was because it was moderation that seemed to be working, but it would never, was never the, the answer or what would work, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately. Um, yeah. Which is funny since what worked ultimately was complete abstaining from mm-hmm. sugar and flour. But, but if you think about it, it's the, this, it was still, uh, yeah, kind of, kind of moderation because you still had, you know, sugar or flour. Like those things that you've now taken out were the things that made it so that the moderation didn't work for you. Right, yeah. Yeah, no, that was the problem with Weight Watchers. It worked for a while, you know, I want to say maybe a few months mm-hmm. before I had my first binge yeah. because, yeah, especially what, what was hard with me for Weight Watchers was like you had these bonus points that you try not to use but you could and, you know, a lot of times I would could blow through them. Remember those, like, fried mm-hmm. pizza dough balls that we yeah. love to eat? Um, the bread puffs. Yeah, the bread puffs. So The paizukis. 
Yes, the po the paizukis. So yes, so that did not help being on these diets and dating someone that has such a a sweet tooth. <laughs> well, and then you do those elimination ones, but you'd still have like sugar or something, and so that I think that probably contributed to why it wasn't very helpful. Either. Yeah, yeah, or I'd still have flour. You know, I never before finally giving up sugar and flour together. I think. I hadn't done that. Mm-hmm. You know, I would maybe go gluten-free, but still have other kind of gluten-free flours or whatever. Or maybe think trying to replace some of my sweets with more natural versions, you know, like sweetened with honey or maple mm-hmm. syrup. So, yeah, still had the sugar in it. But so any time I went on one of these diets, like, I mean, I even remember when I tried to be a vegan for a while, too. Mm-hmm. So then Chris... Paleo for a while. Yeah, like all the extremes. So you kind of came along eating with me on all these different journeys for the times that we ate together, you know, meals that we ate together. Um, But then you also, for the most part, kind of did your own thing, like when you're away at work or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so I think Weight Watchers did work a lot for a little while, but then ultimately I would go back and have a binge and be all over. And what else can you kind of remember about, um, you know, what what was kind of, could you kind of see that diet binge cycle that I experienced where I'd be really, really good or else really, really bad? Like, was that obvious that there was, <clears throat> that I was kind of out of control, that it was hard for me to be just normal? Well, I think it, I don't, I don't think you got to that point for a while. I think that was later on when we were dating or even after we got married where it was, it, it was that kind of more obvious cycle because I think you're being more intentional about working on, on that piece of it, like trying different things that were more, maybe more experimental or, or um, I feel like when we were first dating, it was more sometimes less about the food and more emotional um, types of type of work. Uh, but mm-hmm. Yeah. So did you, um, but like, what is your kind of observations, I guess, that you notice? Because I, I talk a lot about, you know, it on the podcast. But as far as like, you know, I know I've said things to you because I've been always, I think, pretty open and with my frustration, too, and my mm-hmm. absolute kind of, um, I don't even know the right word, just so fed up with not being able to figure this out. Like, mm-hmm. what's wrong with me? Why can't I be normal? Um, you know, how, and I explained it to you feeling like a switch a lot of times, like Mm -hmm. when the switch is on, I can do great, but when it, you know, or no, once my, it switches on, then I'm just in that cycle and it's Mm -hmm. hard for me to make good choices. But when that switch is off, then, you know, it's easier for me. Mm -hmm. And could you kind of like see that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I'm even talking now in the more recent years, especially leading up to right before I did finally kind of hit rock bottom and decide to go sugar and flour free. Um, Yeah, what was that like to kind of witness that, I guess, of me being kind of so up and down and very, very just frustrated and emotional? Um, You know, I can remember days where I'd be doing really well. And then just saying pretty much like, F it, I've had such a terrible day, I need to eat mm-hmm. ice cream. Well, and it was it was hard because 
you were frustrated on, on both ends. You know, when you, when you were abstaining or going through the diet or whatever it was, it was hard for you because you really had your cravings, but you couldn't act on it. And so you were frustrated from that perspective. And then when you were off it and, and eating whatever you wanted to eat and, and kind of going into your cravings, then you just felt bad about doing that. So you were irritable. And so I think you definitely had, it was that up and down cycle was, was tough. Yeah, either way, because mm-hmm. I felt guilt when I wasn't being, quote, yeah. good, yeah. Um, but then feeling miserable when I was kind of going through withdrawal, basically, yeah. or trying to fight cravings that were abnormal to me. You know, mm-hmm. I'd go on these diets sometimes with other friends, and they'd really have no issues, or not the same, like, level of cravings that I, and I just was like, why is it so much easier for them than it is for me? Well, and I used to make the comment that you feel like a lot of people just kind of get stuck and they, they don't even try, uh, and you, you are doing everything you can and you mm-hmm. still couldn't find a, a, something that, that spoke to you or worked to you. And that, that was just doubly frustrating because you felt like you were working so hard on it and you weren't, you weren't seeing the, the results. Yeah. I mean, when I think back, I don't even want to add up all the money that I've spent trying to help myself. I mean, even to then, actually, that's basically why I took the health coaching course, was hoping that I'd finally be able to figure this out, you know, just to all the different extremes that I did trying to find something that worked. Yeah, but in a way, though, I think all of those cumulatively added up to where you are, and I think had you not done all of those things, you might not have found what you found, so. Yeah, it's definitely a journey, but I think I'm hoping that not everybody has to go on a 38-year journey (laughs) or whatever (laughs) and can kind of get answers quicker, and what was hard, again, for me, not having sugar addiction as a diagnosis, um, it, it took a lot longer to get the help I needed since that wasn't even an option that I had to think about. So, yeah. um, well, yeah, cause for, you know, for a while it was, uh, PCOS, mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, more, more on kind of the hormone side than the food mm-hmm. side. And so I think for a while it was, it was, that, you know, those concerns might have maybe masked some of the, the other pieces or the food pieces. So it was, it was trying to kind of find where that's, where that all came together. Yes, yeah, it was very linked together. And I still never will know what really caused my PCOS, if it was being on the birth control pill for as long as I was, if my sugar addiction maybe triggered it, you know, I don't know what how that all linked together, but it was definitely around the time that we met that it was coming to kind of a head, and I really started digging in. Um, I've talked on the podcast before about how I kind of found out about my PCOS diagnosis after once we were engaged and, um, you know, trying to, like, start working on that and then deciding to take a more natural approach at that time as well. So I don't know if you can kind of remember back to that, you know, when we were living in Seattle after we had gotten married and I was going to that naturopath, like right in Burien. And that was the first time I really started thinking about eating like organic food, um, you know, looking for, you know, eating more whole foods, like vegetables and fruits, whole grains. And Mm -hmm. do you kind of remember that? Yeah. And that was great because I think that was, 
it was nice for both of us to just kind of elevate our, our diet and eat healthier and mm-hmm. have organic foods. And um, I think there were a lot of positives. So as far as like, you know, how how it impacted me and sort of my, my um, side sort of part along the journey was, that was, I think, really nice. I think one of the things that was difficult beforehand was because you were in that, that cycle, uh, you know, the times that you were eliminating things or, or going in something extreme, it was, okay, we can't have anything in the house and, you know, we have to do something completely different. And then, you know, all of a sudden it would be, oh, now then you're off, then, oh, we can have lots of candy and chocolate in the house and we can, you know, <laughs> eat it every night. And so that was hard for me just because I almost felt like I was, was creating a, a, a psychosis for myself. <laughs> I almost gave you an eating disorder yeah, exactly. of your own. Uh, but, but what was nice about when, when you started with, with a naturopath and working on, you know, adding in those kinds of pieces, it was, it just, I was just naturally healthier and I think it was a little bit more consistent that way too. Yeah. So this might be a good time to kind of talk too about your, before you met me, what your diet was kind of like, um, I think since we've been together, both of us have evolved to a much healthier diet. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've never considered myself unhealthy. Um, I, I mean, I have fairly good eating habits. Um, I eat in moderation, but I also have, like you said, I have a big sweet tooth and I, I didn't really have a lot of salad growing up and, and even into my early adulthood. So, um, you, you know, didn't really eat a lot of vegetables. Didn't eat a lot of vegetables. You didn't eat a lot of whole grains. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really, you know, look at getting quality meats and that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. just kind of eat whatever. Um, and you would drink a lot of Coke, like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of sugary drinks. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, it was, it was nice. Uh, I remember when we started dating, I stopped drinking Coke and switched to Diet Coke. And I had that all the time, but now I don't have Diet Coke either. So it's like, well, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if that was better, but, I know. Um, but definitely I, I think there are a lot of changes that have been really positive. And what's, what's been nice is, is you've never been, um, uh, you've never said to me, you know, you, you have to do what I'm doing and you can't, you know, you can't do what you want to do. And I've always tried to be respectful of, you know, if you were going through a time when you weren't eating sugar, I wasn't going to you know, necessarily take out a giant bowl of ice cream in front of you. Um, you know, I could, I maybe would do it, go out and if I'm out somewhere, get a treat or something, but, um, that worked out pretty well. And, um, and then for the most part, we, I think a lot of times, we just ate healthier, so I, I think it really was nice to kind of do that together. And I couldn't do, I mean, I, I don't, I still don't think I would have have an easy of a time. I would not say it was easy, but it would be very hard for me. I can't imagine myself doing what you've gone through in any of those iterations of it. And even now, no sugar, no flour for as long as you have. I, it's hard for me to think about doing that. Um, I I uh, I think that um, I don't yeah. know. I have, I have a lot of um, I think you're very inspiring in that way. Um, but, uh, but it's, it's been nice that I've never felt, uh, pressured to, to have to do, you know, do that a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I, and I think that kind of is interesting that even, I really don't think you have a sugar addiction and they say there's different, um, like, you know, you could be a little addicted or, moderately or I think I was more on the severely addicted side but I don't even think you are necessarily a little bit I think you're as close to a normal eater as I've ever seen but I think it's interesting that even you then are saying it would be really intimidating for the thought of giving up sugar and flour forever Mm -hmm. so I think that's something to think about if you 
you know, people listening, if you have someone that is a sugar addict, and if that, that sounds intimidating to you, you can't even imagine how that feels to a sugar addict, because that's basically their world, you know, they're Mm -hmm. getting much more joy and love and enjoyment out of food than even you are. So for them to be able to give that up, that's that's kind of been their crutch for so long, is really, really scary. And it's why a lot of people, you know, have a hard time doing it. The other thing that you just said that I want to also point out is, I think this is really important too for people listening, um, both sides of me being careful not to, like, make Chris try to eat the way that I'm eating. Um, I liked when you did go, you know, along with me on things that helped. And then for Chris or who, you know, if you're supporting someone that's a sugar addict to not, um, to just kind of go along with them. Like you were always really good. If I was having a day where I was eating really well, you went along with that. If I had a day that I wasn't eating well, you went along with that. Like you never said you're going to eat that. Are you sure you want to eat that? I mean, I think that would have pushed me over the edge even more. Um, Even when I gained weight or, you know, had, you know, other issues related to my sugar addiction, you never really like pointed that out. I think you just kind of accepted me how I was and whatever I was going through, um, however I was eating. And I think that was really helpful because it kept it about me and like helping myself rather than trying to change myself to like, you know, make you feel better or, you know, um, it was always more about me. So I think that's really important for people is to have that kind of support where they're not feeling like they're being pressured or I don't know. I hear stories from people where they might have like a husband that's like, you need to lose 10 pounds. And I mean, if you ever said that to me, it would not have been good. So I, I appreciate that. And, um, I think that would have been again, especially for someone that's struggling, like, and is overweight, so, you know, there are some sugar addicts that aren't, but if you, you know, if, if you are, you know you are, you know, it's not like you're totally aware, you're working on it, you're trying to do something about it, so it doesn't help when everyone's, like, pointing it out, you know, like, it's something that, of course, you're aware, so I think that's important on both sides, um, but I do, like I say, appreciate when you've eaten the way I have. And so like when I was vegan, that you would try the vegan meals when I went the other opposite of paleo. I think you really actually enjoyed eating paleo too, for the most part. Um, so at least the meals we ate together, you kind of stuck to what I was eating. And that was really helpful. And also not having the temptations in the house when I was going through. Um, so now like at this moment, now that I am sugar and flour free, just so everyone kind of knows how we make that work. And I've talked about this before. The only person in our family that's completely sugar and flour free is me. Um, we've always limited the sugar that the kids eat, but they eat plenty of flour. Um, and then Chris, when the meals that we're home together, he eats kind of what we eat, you know, what I eat. Although once in a while, maybe you'll make like pasta if we have meatballs, like once in a while, but for the most part, you're eating what I'm eating because, and a lot of times I'm cooking, so that makes sense. But then when you go to work or 
out with friends or away from the house is when you usually have, then you kind of eat whatever you want. Yeah, but even then it's, it's pretty rare. And the, the one thing that we, we do that works pretty well is we'll, we'll cook dinner and have enough for leftovers and then we'll take that to lunch the next day. So we're, we're eating well um, at dinner and lunch and then usually our, our breakfasts are, are somewhat, like for me, I sometimes I'll, I'll go for a, a sugary cereal, but that's more few and far between. Um, and uh, and do, like recently doing the smoothies, that's been great. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, just like with anything in marriage, it's a, it's a give and take and you got to find what works for you. And I think we both found a couple things. My, my personal preference is to eat later. Like I, if it was on my own, I'd probably eat more like seven o'clock at night and, uh, you know, kind of eat, eat whatever. I love to cook. Um, uh, and we used to do more where we, we'd trade off cooking every other night. Um, uh, but what we, but for Siobhan, it works really well to eat, you know, pretty much right at five. And so the timing of that is important. And then, and then what she's making is important. And so We've kind of gotten to where she'll cook, and we'll eat at five, and then I'll go and get the kids, pick them up, bring them back, and kind of kind of get them situated. Well, um, we we have that that sort of partnership there, and I don't mind eating earlier, and I love what what she makes. And then there's times when I'll cook too, but uh, we found that that routines work pretty well, and I, I think that that whatever again makes the most sense for the situation that you're in as far as people's preferences and is it a matter of time is it a matter of who cooks and what can you do to kind of control something where you don't make the other person feel like they're they're forced into something that they they don't want to do yeah I think that's helpful information too for people that like for me how important it is um to eat you know at five even before five otherwise I get past my point you know we Chris and I talk about that a lot so I'm just I'm past my point um and that happens to me pretty easily, especially around like dinner time. So I get home from work first. That's why I cook first. Uh, I think actually, like Chris said, he probably enjoys cooking more than I do, but it's more of a necessity that I cook so that I can eat the time frame that works for me. Um, and Chris just eats kind of a little bit earlier. However, when I'm out of town, <laughs> um, you know, when I go on my trips where I'm traveling, Chris is cooking for himself and probably eating, you know, closer to, you know, probably after the kids go to bed at seven o'clock. So but I will say even when I'm on my own, I eat a lot better now than, than I, I used to. So it, it, it rubs off. Yeah. And you have, yeah, it's not like when I go out of town, you go on a bender or something, you've, you, you, your eating habits have definitely gotten better. And do you find that you can tell now, like, when um, have you kind of learned more about your body as far as how it responds when you're eating sugary stuff or like can you tell any sensations like oh I feel better when I eat a little healthier or oh yeah I I mean I remember the the first time I stopped drinking um, coke like that was I I would drink coke you know uh, if not once a night with dinner or once every other day or something I mean I had it more more frequently and when I stopped drinking that like then after you go a while without having it, then you have, you have one. It's like, whoa, you're super sugary because you, mm-hmm. it's just, you're not used to it. And I mean, same with alcohol too. But, um, I think with the food, same kind of thing. Like if I have, you know, more processed meat or fast food or something like it, it, it definitely hits me differently and it tastes differently. And, and it's, uh, you know, I can tell in a way that, that, I, it, you know, didn't bother me back when I did it more frequently. Do you think I've given you, back to the giving you an eating disorder, 
um, since we're limiting it more now, do you find yourself craving it more or not really? There was a time, yes, and I think that's where I, where again, you have to kind of find what works for you. I there there was a period of time where, when I really did try and do exactly what Siobhan was doing, and you know, limiting, not having things in the house, and just eating, you know, whatever whatever it was, whatever the the thing we were on was, um, I would start to get cravings, and I would I would start to feel uncomfortable, and and now like I know, okay, you know, when we're here and we're together, we have our meals, no sugar, no flour, and it's great. And, but then if I'm, you know, um, out and out and about and I, you know, stop and, and get an ice cream cone, like that's not the end of the world. And it's, I can, I can do that and then not feel bad about it because I'm not, you know, bringing it back to the house and I'm not, um, limiting it so much that, that I then have to like go crazy, you know, on a weekend and, and have a lot of sugar or something. Yeah. Like sometimes I do see you indulge, like when we're like, say a party where there's cake and you have a piece of cake or recently we were in Disneyland or whatever mm-hmm. but yeah you don't it doesn't seem like from my perspective that you you're yeah I don't feel like, like I, going I have to like go, go crazy yeah. because it's my only time to do it yeah where I would be like if yeah. I had been limit, limiting it and we do not keep if people are wondering we do not have any sugar in the house well we do have like like Chris does like cereal but the kind of cereal that you eat doesn't really tempt me any anyway but as far as like we don't have any chocolate any of my trigger foods I should say are not in the house like maybe that's a good way to put it and everyone's trigger foods are going to be a little different but sometimes like Chris is a principal at a school so he gets lots of treats that come home or you know like for James birthday when I made him a chocolate cake you know there was cake left over Chris brought that to school Um, so he kind of knows like if he does have stuff that comes home or he gets stuff I just tell him immediately, can you get that out of my sight, you know? Um, it's easier. I just can't still, even after almost two years, it's getting easier, but it's still hard for me to see some stuff, um, you know, especially this time of year is always tricky with the holidays. You know, if I'm if I'm seeing stuff that, chocolate stuff, I, I might say, oh, you know, that looks good. So Chris is really good at hiding that, or getting it out of the house just so I'm not around it. And I don't even and, want to know. He might have a stash somewhere, so if he does have, yeah, like, a craving. Just, just get a safe in the wall and, you know, <laughs> don't don't get the combination out. Yeah. I, it, and that, that is the, one of the things that works works well, too, is that, like, I, I uh, you know, sometimes it's hard to, especially around the holidays, to, like, not want to bake cookies. You know, I want to bake cookies or things like that. I know that even, even if Siobhan isn't, you know, right there, like, the smell of it lingers in the house. And so, you know, I really can't. I love to bake, and I really can't do that anymore unless when she's out of town, it, I can do that sometimes. But um, yeah, that but that's well where when like I'm out of town. I, I'm you know I've I've I'm okay giving that up, and and you know if I want to go get a warm cookie, you know fresh baked cookie somewhere, I can just stop and go get it if I need to. But it's it's again I don't feel like I'm having to limit myself, um, and it, and it works pretty well. Yeah, I mean I think that is probably nice for you that I am traveling again, so that when I am out, like if you do want to get like a pint of ice cream and treat yourself um, or yeah, make cookies or something. You, you have that opportunity. So it doesn't feel like you never have that. But the great thing is honestly, like, and, and why, why I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm much healthier than I, I was is in those times, like if Siobhan's gone for a week, like, yeah, my, my initial thought is, Oh, let me go out and get, you know, a giant tub of ice cream and, and uh, you know, bake cookies and do this and that. But oftentimes when I, the reality is when I get into that week, I, I realize, you know, I, I could get this, but that's, 
you know, why would I put myself through that? I, I've just had, you know, two weeks of eating really healthy and, and I don't really need it. And, uh, and so I, I feel like I've, I've cut down too on, on those kind of things just naturally because we're, we're in this and it's going really well. Well, I think our taste buds have kind of changed too a little bit, you know, where... I, I still like ice cream if I have it. Well, yeah, no, I'm going to say you still like it, but I, at least for my, I am starting to like healthy food a lot better than I used to. You know, I crave things like salad now, but even, you know, how many times do we say, sometimes we do go out to eat, and we're kind of like, oh, we could have probably cooked that better. Because mm-hmm. we're into like the quality of the ingredients too. Yeah. You know, you can just tell when you have like a really, like a grass-fed burger versus, you know, just some other kind of burger. And I don't know, I feel like maybe um since we cook really healthy food at home and try to do high quality food it has kind of our taste buds have kind of evolved with that where we can tell when things aren't quite that same quality when we go out yeah and i think it helps that we don't go out a lot because i think that would be cost prohibitive too like the one of the ways that we're able to eat you know with such the high quality meat and all that stuff is because we cook it ourselves as opposed to you know paying twice as much to go out and eat it mm mm-hmm. mhm yeah. And I, do you think we save a lot of money since I don't go out and buy things for binges anymore? I wonder about that. Yeah, I mean, I never knew, but yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, that, that being said, I think you're, you're not spending it on food, but you're spending on on other things that, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's different. Like health stuff. Or, yeah, 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 health-related health yeah. things. Yeah. Supplements or vitamins or whatever. But I was kind of doing that all along as well, so... Yeah. I do think we probably are saving a little bit in that. Because I could easily, like, have driven home from work, felt like I needed something, and spent, like, $20 at the grocery. Not, like, a ton, but it well, adds that, up that, Yeah, that, and that was always tough for me, too, because you would do that. You'd spend, like, $20 and get this, you know, a giant thing of cupcakes, and you'd bring them home, and you'd have, like, one bite, and then you'd decide, throw okay, I'm rest. done, and you'd throw them all out. I'm like, no! <laughs> like, not only was it a waste of money, but a waste of all that food, too. And then I'd feel bad because you'd say, well, you know, I, I, don't eat it because you don't need it. And, and then... I, I, don't worry. I yeah. probably dug it out of the trash can the next day and ate it anyway yeah. after you'd But then I'd be like, work. yeah, you're right. I don't need it. <laughs> like, it, it is... It, it, it was letting go of that mentality of uh, just being okay with letting things go to waste. That, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, not that we... Not that we, yeah, we waste, waste things, but but yeah, like if, if there's a, a bite of cookie left, like okay, like let it go. It doesn't mean you have yeah. to eat it. Or like a cup, yeah, a cupcake left or whatever. Yeah, but no, I'm sure. Unfortunately, most of those times, I probably then went out to the trash can the next morning and dug it out and ate it. So <laughs> sad but true, and I hear that a lot from other sugar addicts. So I know I'm not alone there, but. Um, yeah, so we we are, I think we're eating a lot healthier than when we probably first started dating, but what have you noticed, well, what did you think when I like started, because it was probably about two years ago now, around this time, two years ago, that I really started talking about sugar addiction, what were your initial thoughts, I guess, like since it's not medically recognized, um, how, like, were you thinking, oh, like, did you think I had binge eating disorder? Did you think, oh, no, this, maybe it is an addiction? Or kind of what was your thoughts around, you know, as I was kind of struggling to figure out what was wrong with me? Well, I mean, I think you had talked about, maybe not given it the label sugar addiction, but I think you'd talked about that for a while, that that, that sugar was a big part of it. And I, I, I feel like that was kind of maybe a, 
and you naturally kind of got to that point, but it wasn't necessarily a big shock or surprise when you got there. Like, it made sense. But did that, you think that was, like, a real thing? Like, some people might have been like, no, there's no such thing. Like, did that ever cross your mind? Like, Oh, no, I mean, I, I see your cravings. So, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's the sh- whether it was sugar or something else, like, it was very real. And I, I you know, I, I, see, I could see that urge. I could see that helplessness. And so it absolutely made sense. Probably easier for you to understand because you lived with me. Yeah. You know, harder. And you probably really are the only person that's seen it up close. You know, most other people I could hide it from. But mm-hmm. you probably saw the extremes. Yeah. I mean, and really realized this isn't, this isn't normal. <laughs> this probably is a sugar addiction. Um, so were you kind of, what were you thinking? I don't know, because I remember being so like, well... I guess I'll try this, but I only wanted to tell you. I didn't want to tell like anyone else in the family yet because I tried so many things. It was almost to the point where it's like embarrassing. Of okay, here I go on my next thing. Did you um, feel like it was just going to be another thing that I tried that didn't work, or kind of what did you think about? No, oh, I don't I know. I guess when I started it, <laughs> it probably was just like, <laughs> whatever. Here she goes. Yeah, I mean, it's that... Number it was, you were just, 506, she's yeah. going to try this method now. Continuing on. So, yeah. yeah. So when did you... F- no, start? I mean, you, well, there was something different, though, about... I mean, when you when you found this, even before you knew if it was going to be successful or not, I mean, you really... I, I Again, I feel like you had all those little pieces that built up to, the, to this, and, and it made a lot of sense, and, you know, you had a, a real passion for, for giving this your all, and you weren't going to just, you know, quit... Half a, half a toe into it, you're going to jump with both feet. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I think there was, there was definitely more, it, it, I could tell there was more to it with this than, than any of the other things you tried. Yeah. Do you, I think, feel like we talked beforehand about, you know, how you could support me and um, trying to remember, just trying to help other people that, again, might, because I'm kind of trying to encourage my anyone that's listening that's struggling with it now to maybe start after the holidays like I did. I think it's really hard to give up sugar right during mm-hmm. the holidays, and that's why I waited. I was going to do January 1st. Well, yeah, and then, and then when it got back to the holidays the next year, it was still really hard, even though you'd been doing it for a year. Yeah, so, yeah I think it's I important about. to set yourself up for success. And and then if you're you know trying to be supportive in, in that kind of a situation, I think just, again, having good communication about what, you know, what the needs are and, and what works and, and what you're both willing to compromise on and, and uh, what is it going to look like? So there's no, you know, feelings of, uh, you know, that, that, that she was controlling me or forcing me into a, into something or, or that I was not being, you know, supportive enough by not going all the way and, and vice versa. Yeah. So when did you think you noticed that maybe this was different. Like, do you kind of remember looking back? Was it like a few weeks in, a month in, two months in, or like? I think for me, what it it helped to see, like, once we got into the routine of of meal planning and that kind of thing, and I could see that what we were eating wasn't there wasn't anything really odd or unusual about what we were cooking. Work. I feel like some of the different diets and and things that you tried, like. It was it was pretty extreme to to the point where you know we were eliminating one type of food or it was I don't know like um, 
I don't know whether it was paleo or, or some of the other things. It just it just seemed like with, with this, all of the meals that we had there, I never felt like I was limiting myself. Like I, I enjoy, You don't feel deprived. Yeah, I, I don't. Like even now, I, you know, now that we're this far in, like and we mm-hmm. have and we have a good rotation of meals that we do at night and there's I never feel like, uh, you know, I wish I had blah 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 or I wish mm-hmm. I had blah blah. Like yeah, pasta's great and sometimes I have that, but um, you know, I'm I just as much enjoy the uh, the you know the meatballs and sauce without the pasta mm-hmm. and and beforehand I never would have thought that that would you know be a fulfilling meal and all you really need but that it works and and I think that's what was different about this is I felt like it like it, it very naturally and easy and quickly became apparent that this was something that was workable long term mm-hmm. it, it wasn't something that we really felt like was a, a depriving I think the idea of it the idea of no flour no sugar and especially if you look at if you think about all the things that have flour in it you're like wow that seems really like what are you going to eat mm-hmm. but when you're practically doing it and you see oh there's all of these great things that you're, mm-hmm. you don't none of it feels like you're depriving yourself you yeah. just happen to just not be eating those things I think I think the desserts are was the biggest change but we do things like we have tortilla chips with meals mm-hmm. we have popcorn at night mm-hmm. like there there are things that we can do or you know, some of the other things I really did feel like deprived, like, oh, I could really, like, I'm hungry because I didn't eat enough. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, it just, there, we, we, we didn't have anything that we would eat at, at you know, mm-hmm. in the evening. So it was like, oh, I really just want an ice cream or something. But now, like, yeah, if I'm, if I'm hungry and we're watching a, a movie or a show or something, like, yeah, I can make some popcorn and that's, that's fine for you. It's fine for me. And, you know, we don't need to need to have desserts yeah, or have ice cream every probably night. probably has saved us, being able to have the popcorn and tortilla chips. Yeah. Like, And not everybody that's listening, that might not work for them. Um, porn can be, like, triggering for some people, but I think that has been really nice for us, that that still feels like a treat, so we mm-hmm. don't feel deprived. Um, and I do think it makes, yeah, you kind of appreciate food differently. Um, like you were saying, like the spaghetti... I, I'm finding that too. I don't even need the pasta. Sometimes the flour, gir- flour is just the vehicle to get like the good stuff to your mouth, like the bun on a burger. It's just so amazing to me. I never thought I'd be able to eat a burger without a bun, but now I just really look forward just to the burger. Well, yeah, yeah. even like even before that, I remember we there was that one point when we would have burgers without buns. We just have kind of lettuce on, and that mm. that was always I was like, oh yeah, I guess I don't really need the bun. So I think again yeah. we kind of learned those things along mm-hmm. the way. Um, but I do think this, and I think the other thing that that made it easier was I, I quickly realized that you know if like for example if, if I made some pasta and, and we had the meatballs or whatever like that you seeing me make the pasta wasn't necessarily triggering or mm-hmm. if I you know added cheese to a meal and you didn't have any cheese right. on yours you know that wasn't an issue for you so yeah. I mean, there are ways that I, I saw a difference in you and that you were okay with with that piece it wasn't mm-hmm. it, I don't think you were um so feeling so deprived that it was it was an issue it was you were handling it well yeah I think I was satisfied yeah, I talk exactly. about a lot yeah. about that in the podcast about how I yeah that's why it's so different is you still have to be like satisfied with what you're eating we didn't feel like we were being deprived we weren't trying to cut calories and so it's not like we were hungry every night or mm-hmm. something yeah um yeah so I mean I would say you know bottom line I I'm living living a healthier life. I don't feel like I, you know, have to go to an extreme for me, um, but I can still be very supportive of you, and um, it, it's it works out well for the family. And we're still at a point where you can, like, if we go out to eat, you'll still have a beer or something. Sometimes when we go to a movie, 
you'll sometimes still have a Diet Coke, which is hard. I, I still miss Diet Cokes, even though they're terrible for you. But I always appreciate that you usually ask, is that going to bother you? And there might be some times that I actually say, no, you know what, could you not? And, you, and you're okay with that. So I really appreciate that. And then there's other times I'm like, oh, it's okay. Like, you know, um, it just depends, again, what kind of day I had and how I might already be being triggered. So I think that's, I guess, communication is just really important when you're supporting someone and going through this is just kind of talking about where you are. Um, like even in Italy, you were able, like you didn't feel deprived at all there. You know, you still were able to eat the bread and, you know, all that stuff. I didn't have a, you know, a problem with that. Uh, but it took a little while for me to get to that point. So yeah. I think I'd like to, you know, in the beginning, my kind of advice to someone supporting someone through this would be just to kind of go along with them as much as they can, you know, and know that it, it won't be like that forever. You know, it does get easier for the person and therefore it will be easier for them to see, you know, it doesn't bother me if I see you eat bread or even I've kind of gotten used to, you know, say we're at a party where there's cake and you have a piece of cake. I mean, I don't want to sit there and watch you eat every bite, but I, I'm more used to that now. It's just not as triggering. So those things will, will get easier. Um, yeah. Do you have any other last words of wisdom or advice for how to kind of support someone that's going, going through it? Yeah, I think really that that's just the key is you have to we have to work together and you have to both be willing to to give a little bit. Like I I don't think this this would have you know worked successfully for us if I had felt like I you know had to go a hundred percent, and I don't think it would have worked for Siobhan if I had not been willing to to compromise and and do you know as much as I can to to support that. Yeah, I think that's very true. And, yeah, can you believe that it's been almost two years? It just flies by. <laughs> Did it? <laughs> I don't know if it really flew by. Maybe for you, but not for me. <laughs> but, yes, yeah, so here we are almost two years later, and I'll be hitting the – I'll be talking more in upcoming podcasts because it is holiday season again. And this time, like Chris mentioned, last year was really hard for me. December kind of – caught me off guard even after being in recovery for almost a year. So it'll be interesting to see what progress I've made even one year later. So stay tuned for more on that. But thanks, Chris, for talking with me. Sure. <laughs> I think it was probably helpful just to hear your, your kind of perspective. So thank you for doing that. Okay, bye, everyone. Till next time. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. And remember, life is so much sweeter without sugar.